Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets. I'm joined today by Sean Farish and host of Ungoverned on LFA TV on Rumble. The only man who sounds more like Trump than Trump himself. He's a refugee of New York, now living in Tennessee. That's that's quite a that's quite an introduction. Now we all love President Trump, and I have heard you uh, for quite a, quite a while now. Uh, you you sound very much like President Trump. In fact, I uh, I just was listening to uh, some of your uh, your your best on your website. I was like, wow, that is that's pretty incredible. Thank you, thank you very. Well, I have to say this. Uh, first off, I have to say, first of all, I'm going to say it as myself because I think it's the most respectful thing. Thank you for your service. You did something that uh, many people are not bra- brave enough to do, myself included. And I really, I respect all of our veterans and especially, you. you know, folks who have signed on the dotted line to put their lives on the line to defend our freedoms. It means the world to me. And I think uh, one of the, one of the issues that I get really upset about is that we send all this money to Ukraine. We don't spend it on folks specifically in the veteran community who, you know, are struggling, who need the help. Uh, so that's number one. And obviously, I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I've been working with vets and from the Boy Scouts on up, you know, my entire life. So uh, flag planning, Memorial Day, the whole nine yards. It's, it means a lot to me. It means a lot of what you did for our country. Uh, number two, number two. Now we could be funny and we could have a little fun. Number two, it's very true. A lot of people say he serves just like the president. And I take a lot of pride in doing that. I take a lot of pride in the way I order McDonald's too. I want the biggest Mac in the history of the world. Um, and, I, and I'm happy that everyone's entertained by that still. It's been viral for uh, for about two years now. It's been uh, something that people go, yeah, hey, you're the guy who sounds like Trump. And it's true. Um, but I'm also, I like to explain to everyone that, you know, and I'm really, I, I'm so grateful the fact that everybody finds the content funny because it could very well be that guy's a clown who cares. Um, really excited that, as you mentioned, uh, I have a show on Rumble, Ungoverned, and uh, Monday through Friday, we're out there. We're talking about the real issues. We're mixing in some laughs. We're having some fun. We're cracking jokes, right? Because we don't yeah. just need doom and gloom all the time. Yeah. Um, but I love this country. I mean, I love it a lot. <laughs> it's like, and, I, and I'm so sick and tired of seeing, you know, people that really have no right to be in any seat of power, in any position of influence, taking this country, taking the wheel, and just driving it. Uh, into oncoming traffic recklessly and 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 from what it looks like on purpose um and and i can't put myself in your shoes you fought for this country you you defended this country i can't imagine how this feels uh to see a place that you you know you defended the freedoms for just being you know run straight into the ground the complete nosedive it's disgusting yeah that's that's really how it feels you know um you know first amendment rights uh taken away for many of us that are trying to uh spread truth uh you know from whether it be the COVID information or whether it be, you know, the election fraud and all that kind of stuff. It's, you know, I had 13 YouTube channels. Uh, so someone has fought for free speech to have my free speech taken. Yeah, it is, it's pretty, pretty, it's pretty screwed up. Uh, but you know, a lot of us have been, have been affected. So, uh, it is, it is fun to come out and, you know, joke around with a little bit. Uh, but I've seen that you have a very serious side and, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. You have a really good insight. So, Tell us a little bit about your your background and uh, your upbringing. Uh, you, you grew up in New York, right? I did. Grew up on Long Island. Um, currently 32 years old. I spent uh, all 32 years on Long Island and uh, just recently moved out to Tennessee. Moved here to Nashville, Tennessee. Nice. Um, uh, it's, it's a nice place. It's definitely not New York, um, which is a good thing. You know, it, this mm-hmm. less people, a little bit less traffic. It's still a blue uh, it is still a blue city, uh, you know, which I've known that I knew that coming in here. It's been blue since the Civil War. They've had a Democrat mayor since the Civil War. I knew that. Mm. I didn't realize that I was picking one of two counties in Tennessee that was also a blue county. So we're dealing with some Democrat policies out here, too, and uh, maybe moving out of Davidson County next year. But um, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But it was a good it was a good decision to move out here with at that time, my girlfriend, now my wife. So we just recently got married Please. a couple of weeks ago. Thank you very much. I really Best decision I've ever made, hands down. Wouldn't wouldn't have thought twice about it. It's a fun story to get into that too. It's because I was going viral on TikTok and she commented on it, and I was like, "Hey, you know, that's a nice 
She looks cool, like, you know, whatever. Started talking on Instagram, flew down to Florida, made up a nonsense excuse as to why I went down there. We, you know, met and it was it was good ever since. It's really interesting story there. But uh, now we're living in Tennessee, so we're very happy to be out of New York, out of the blue state. Mm. Um, as far as my upbringing, I mean, I've always loved my country. Like I said, uh, was in fifth grade during 9-11. That got my uh, patriotism going. I was like, you know, red, white, and blue, 100%. One of the biggest things that that stuck with me when I was in when in fifth grade, when my, my parents, we used to go into New York City all the time, back before it was a war zone, right? And I was, can we please go to the top of the World Trade Center? Don't worry, Sean, it's always going to be there. And then one day it wasn't, and 3,000 people died. And it was, you know, it just not cool, right? And it was an attack. It was, you know, it, it hurt. It hurt a lot of New York. It, it just, it hurt us. I didn't know anybody personally who died, um, but I know people who were involved. There are stories all over the place. It hit very close to home on Long Island. Um, and and it, that that stuck with me my whole life. And I got through high school as a Democrat. I liked Obama. They got me in the high school. They, they convinced me on global warming. They convinced me on climate change. And I got to college. My dad bought me uh, Pinheads and Patriots by Bill O'Reilly. I started reading that. I said, you know, these pinheads sound a lot like me, and I don't like that. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, I always considered myself a patriot. I had one conservative professor, sat down in his class thinking I'm going to be the one guy who facts check the professor, you know, fact checks him and proves him wrong. And I'm going to do this. And then I realized I was being lied to my whole life. So I turned, wow. um, you know, and 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 uh, started to embrace conservatism and realizing that, hey, uh, that's really what is at the roots of our, you know, republic and the founding of our country. And, uh, and, and that kind of grew on me ever since. Rand Paul was a big driver and kind of analyzing the constitution and realizing, you know, it's better if government is just really, really tiny. And we all just kind of are left alone by the whole thing and uh, started a group on Long Island summer of, um, uh, sorry, uh, fall of 2020 called the Loud Majority. And we were protesting the lockdowns and rallying for Trump with these massive rallies uh, with trucks and flags and we nice. took over Fifth Avenue in front of Trump Tower and there's pictures and video that just went around like crazy and mm. we were so new that it was hard to kind of cite who it was but uh, Trump recognized what we were doing and it was great and we did stop the steel rallies and all that stuff and we're big election integrity uh, people purists and got involved local school boards the online yards I mean activists at heart that's who I am I want to see things get done and that's what I bring to the show that I do I don't want to just say this is bad, this is bad and complain and whine about it. I want there to be real solutions. And so, you know, last Wednesday on 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 the show, we we called live on my phone and took it out, dialed the House Oversight Committee and we spoke to the staffer and I said, you need to hold rain contempt. And everybody in the chat started calling. They had hundreds of calls. And then we got the FD 1023 yesterday. So, you know what? Uh, when we get involved, we can make things happen. And that's, that's the message Good. I like to send. Very, very nice. So, Sean, uh, growing up in um, uh, Long Island, did you ever go to the revolutionary sites? I see you have a nice little uh, revolutionary flag there. So did you ever go to the revolutionary sites there in New York? I've always wanted to visit those. So, like, there's the Setauket, the, 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 uh, the spy ring up there, the Greenford spies and everything like mm -hmm. that. I, I, we were around those areas. I've been in and around some of those spots. Old Bethpage Restoration is kind of like a colonial town. It's yeah. pretty cool. There's a historic trail up there. Uh, in on the North Shore of Long Island, where George Washington had a bunch of his spies. Actually, the AMC uh, television series Turn was based off of that spy ring. Yeah, uh, yeah cool. I saw that. I love that. Wow, it was cool. a good. Yeah, it was a good. It was a cool series. This flag, the Betsy Ross. I love. I've always loved the Betsy Ross flag, and I loved it even nice. more once uh, the left started telling me it was a hate symbol. I said, "How is that a hate symbol?" Mm. Uh, we got the Declaration of Independence kind of superimposed on it. This is the background of the show. I sit in front of it for everything I do. I, I love it. I printed it on canvas and hung it on the wall, and now it's my backdrop, so uh, it works out. But I, the Revolutionary War and Civil War are my two favorites to 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 go into. Gettysburg, my favorite place in the country. Nice, nice, yeah, mine too. So uh, you know, the reason why I bring it up is because you know that was where uh, the the fighting really started uh, in a big way. There, the the Patriots. Uh, pretty much came in. We, we call, we call ourselves Patriots. Uh, during that time frame, there were Patriots, but the loyalists were the guys that were with, uh, the British empire. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, New York burned and the Patriots were pushed out by the British army. Uh, they occupied it for eight years after that. So for those eight years, I think they, uh, solidified their, uh, their dogma into, into New York. And we saw uh, a lot of people come from Russia 
that migrated and uh, you know settled in uh, in Long Island. Uh, so Russians from Ukraine. Now we know Ukraine has uh, the Azov Battalion. I'm not going to get too far into this. I want to get you in trouble, but uh, you know I I go full on on these shows and I get people in trouble. So what are your thoughts on you know some of the stuff that's been going on there? Because uh, Trotsky. Uh, Trotsky was uh, there in uh, Manhattan for like 10 weeks before he went over to Russia and they basically took down the czar and started the Soviet Union, which was communist. Eventually the Russians threw him off. And now the Russians are pushing back on that. I know in Long Island, there's uh, a, a, a statue of Lenin. So we have this history there in Long Island. Maybe that's one of the reasons why you want to leave because they're, you know, they push back on uh, people that are pretty much patriots. What, what are your thoughts? So Long Island over the last couple of years from two, uh, 2020 to 2022 flipped. It's it's a red it's a red island now. Um, Nassau County flipped. We we played a very big role in that. As a matter of fact, okay. the new um, county executive of Nassau County, and I think Trump just truthed about him on uh, uh, Truth Social. Bruce Blakeman is the name of the, uh, the, the county executive in Nassau County. He made one of his first campaign speeches in the bed of my pickup truck at a rally we were hosting. It's incredible. Lee Zeldin was there. It was so, it was so cool. I mean, we were grassroots. We were bringing people out. Nobody knew who the hell we were. They were just like, this looks like fun. I like Trump. I want to run flags on my truck and be a little obnoxious and trigger a few people. And then we'll, we'll, you know, and we had to turn that into activism, right? We had to turn that into going to school board meetings. And that earned us a, uh, trust me when you say you're going to get me in trouble. I mean, that earned us a, uh, a, uh, a, an anti-government extremist label with the SPLC. So that's yeah. one of the badge of honor that I get to wear, <laughs> which is great. You know, because if the SPLC, I always say, uh, being from New York, right? I'm not, and I'm not a Yankee fan, but this is the analogy I always make. If you play for the Yankees and they're not booing you in Fenway, chances are you're bad at baseball, right? So <laughs> if the if the left doesn't have a problem with me, that means I, I'm I'm doing something they're not upset with, which means I'm doing something I should be upset with. Um, you know, as far as Ukraine goes, as far as Long Island goes, no, it was a good place to be. It's just too crowded, too much traffic. Um, but New York as a whole, uh, with cashless bail, with the rising crime. With um with the, the the drug epidemic and the acceptance of not just marijuana, right? But we're talking about heroin. We have uh, in Brooklyn crack pipes for uh, vending machines for crack pipes out there. Vending machines they were cleaned out in overnight, for free, right? For free. I mean, wow. we're literally hey, you want drugs? You want crack? Hunter, come on, come to New York City. You can have some. You know, we got we have we have crack oh. pipe vending machines here. Uh, cashless bail, and it doesn't just impact the city. You're talking about nonviolent criminals. Okay, whatever. But when you have guys that are getting caught with firearms, heroin in a college town in upstate New York, and then being back on the street in a week, which has happened, I don't know, eight or nine times since I started talking about this one particular person in October of 2022. And we keep seeing this happen over and over and over and over and over again, where district attorneys in upstate New York had to resign because they couldn't enforce the law. When you have Alvin Bragg, obviously Manhattan's district attorney, we all know him as the guy who's indicted Trump the first time, right? But he also indicted and charged somebody with criminal possession of a firearm uh, and attempted murder for a garage, a parking garage worker who defended himself, right? Now, get this. This is the story. Garage, parking garage worker sees somebody breaking into vehicles, right? So he goes to intervene, all right? The person pulls a gun and shoots the garage worker, okay? Non-fatally shoots him. The garage worker disarms the thief and the assailant takes the firearm and fires at the thief. The garage worker is charged with criminal possession of a firearm for taking the gun and for defending himself against somebody who shot at him. That's what's going on in New York, okay? Jose Alba, the bodega worker, that was a big national story, stabbed his attacker to death in self-defense, open stab wound, housed in on Rikers Island, which is like the Alcatraz of New York, right? Mm. With an open stab wound charged with murder, Okay, even though it was self-defense, closed uh, closed circuit surveillance winds up exonerating him. Jose Alba says, I'm done. I'm going back to the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. He thinks that's a better place to be than New York City, than the United States of America. So when I say we've, oh. we've fallen into a third world country, yep. we have fallen into a third world country. Yeah. And uh, you, you talk about Lee Zeldin, man. I, I was like, I even supported him. I was like, he's going to be, he's going to, he's going to. Be the governor of New York. Oh, it's going to be so good. What do you think happened there? Uh, I, I think it was totally stole, stolen from them. There were several things that happened in the New York gubernatorial race. And mm-hmm. one thing, uh, and there are a lot, a lot of folks who will, I'll, I'll look at it and I'll say it's obviously 
fishy things in New York elections. I'm not going to say there isn't. This is New York. It's run by Democrats from top to bottom. We know how the Democrats win elections over and over. They don't do it with ideas. They do it with ballots, okay? Lee Zeldin and the New York State Republican Party. Well, Lee Zeldin's not complicit in this. He fought like hell. I watched him campaign. We were close with him. We were close with his campaign. I, I, the guy was working so hard. I mean, he was doing event after he was like Trump's yeah. schedule. Yeah. One event, then he would go three hours to another county, another event, then another Someone charged the stage on him, tried to attack him. I mean, this guy just kept going. He didn't I know. Stop. And they even shot at his home with his daughter in there. Oh, my God. Yeah. I just kept going. It's amazing. It was insane. He just kept going. He wouldn't stop. The guy doesn't know how to quit. All right. He's, he's just, he's one of the hardest workers I've ever seen. But what happened in New York, and I was sitting there and I was, I was just laying down. I was like, you know what? Let me look at some polling and see what, what the numbers need to be for us to win. Mm. And what I was doing is I was, I don't know if I, I have it somewhere. I was by hand taking NBC's early voting breakdown, how many votes were cast, the percentage of Republicans, the percentage of Democrats, then transposing those numbers into what some of the projections were for the election, where Zelda was within one point, within two points, maybe he was leading by one. What would we need? And what we really needed was the New York State Republican Party, which was out to lunch and could very well be controlled opposition. Not what we needed was for them to embrace all three phases of the process in New York. We know it's a dirty process. Nobody is. I'm not disputing the fact that New York has dirty elections. Mm. But if New York has dirty elections and we're going into a game with rigged officials, then we have to overcome the rigging. And we could have done it. I had the numbers. So we could have done it if we had gotten 70 percent of registered Republicans out to vote in the electoral process. We only got 55 and wound up losing by a number of votes that I came very close to projecting almost the exact number. It's not to say, oh, oh, this is a genius, some election savant. No, I've gotten many predictions wrong. Got my midterm predictions were awful. But I knew it was going to happen in New York based off of the returns that were coming in. And I took that and literally November 9th, 2022, from a hotel room in Nashville, streamed on my show and said, we need to ballot harvest and we need to vote early. And that doesn't mean people who vote on election day go vote early instead. That's a zero sum game. That means there are people out there who are demoralized about our elections and rightfully so. They're like, it's stolen. What does it matter? We're never going to be able to do it. No problem. You don't want to be active in the streets. That's okay. You don't want to donate. That's okay. What I need you to do then is if you don't want to leave the house, we will come to you with an absentee ballot application. You will fill it out. You will fill out a ballot and we will put that thing in the mail. I'll take it there. I don't really care. We have to ballot harvest. If we're not going to be able to bring people to the polls, then we got to do what the Democrats are doing and bring the polls to the people. And I think seeing Trump seeing Scott Pressler, seeing Turning Point, even seeing Ron DeSantis talking about doing this is a very good sign because that can offset a lot of the heavy mail-in ballot uh, uh, discrepancies and how it heavily favors Democrat. We don't even have to out-ballot harvest them. We just have to offset it a little bit and we'll win these elections. Wow. Wow, that's really good insight. So why did you end up uh, moving from uh, New York to uh, Nashville? Well, uh, the cost of living in New York is insane. The okay. crime is insane. The traffic is insane. Um, the the culture there is getting crazy. There's too many people. Uh, and my girlfriend and I, we we both looked at uh, Kathy Hochul and my wife now. We both looked at Kathy Hochul and uh, her winning, and we said, "We're not staying here. We're not staying here." I mean, I had some run-ins with some very suspicious kind of things that happened to me with regards to traffic violations. That whatever. It was very. It's a weird. That's a story for off air, but I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to sit here and 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 be subservient or basically be ruled by a governor that I know doesn't like. me. I, I we, we we know she didn't like the our organization. Cuomo shut down a park when we were doing a rally uh, for Donald Trump. He shut it down, left people stranded on the road. I mean, it was this is. They, they knew who we were. They were very unhappy with what we were doing. We've protested. We weren't afraid of them. I was just saying, I'm not sitting here doing that. We have the ability, or at least was up. We had the ability to get out of there, and yeah. we did. Good. Cost of living, Tennessee, comes down in half. Car insurance, down in half. Health insurance, down 75%. I mean, and we get to walk around and breathe free air and not have to worry about this craziness that's ruling New York. Uh, so that's why we decided to leave. At some point, it's like, do you stay and fight? I would love to do that. I did that from 2020 to 2022. 
But when you look at what happened, and I, I thought that was New York's last shot. Some people say, oh, you gave up too quickly. That's fine. That's your opinion. My opinion, my evaluation was that was it. And now it's time to look out for ourselves. Yeah. And we looked out for ourselves and came to Tennessee. Wow. I totally agree with you, Sean. Uh, so that, that, was, that was great assessment. Uh, that's what I tell a lot of people. I'm telling a lot of people just get out of the big cities because they're. I think they're just going to implode, uh, and that's that's sad because it's America. We want America to speed, but uh, we've seen it in a lot of other uh, you know cities uh, around the country that have been uh, Democrat run, and they just just implode. We're seeing it right now going on in uh, California cities. Uh, it happened in uh, Detroit, and Detroit was one of the most po- uh, prosperous uh, cities in America. I think it was yeah. number two, and all that. And look at it now. It's just a, it's like an atomic bomb went off there. It's like, it's insane. So yeah, you have to, uh, you have to look every, I left, I love California. I always wanted to live there as a little boy. I finally made it out there and I've lived all over the world, but um, California, I loved it. But the political system, like you're talking about, got too bad. And so I, I came to Florida. So it seems to be uh, a lot better in this area right now. So Florida, unfortunately, though, uh, is, is pressing on Trump. What are your thoughts on uh, the Trump indictment? Well, I think here's some good news, right? So the bad news, obviously, is this is ridiculous. This there never should have been an indictment. If you look at, if you listen to Alan Dershowitz, who's been all over the TV, all over the news lately, and he's a liberal, and he'll tell you he's a liberal, but he's a constitutional, classical liberal. But he's not. He's not a Republican. He's not a MAGA guy. He's a constitutional lawyer. And he interprets the Constitution black and white without without prejudice. And if only our, our our institutions would do the same thing, we wouldn't be in this situation. So Dershowitz comes out. He tells us that, uh, you know, that this case is it's very strange to see them bringing the indictment. He tells us the Presidential Records Act uh, is something that the president it says in there that the president and there was a court ruling about Bill Clinton with the the stock drawer tapes. Uh, that that the president can determine what are personal records and what are presidential records when he leaves the White House, and it's purely at the president's discretion. Uh, so there's that defense for the Trump with the Trump stuff. There's obviously there's a small caveat: is it well was it a defense document? And can he do that here? But if the archives wants those documents back, if Nara wants the documents back, it is not a criminal case. The legal precedent says that it is a civil case and is litigated in civil court. So the fact that there is this strange uh, it, it's obstruction of justice, the Espionage Act does not apply here, according to Dershowitz, who's a constitutional law, been doing this for a very long time, says the Espionage Act doesn't apply to former presidents and the Presidential Records Act. There's nowhere in, in, in legal stand, or president that that's ever been done. You know, so this is just another attempt, I think, uh, of Vladimir, uh, Vladimir, I'm sorry, of Joe Biden doing his, his best Vladimir Lenin impersonation or his best <laughs> Joseph Stalin. Or his best Xi Jinping. I mean, I put a clip up today and I said, look, Putin has done this. Zelensky, by the way, has done this. Uh, Xi Jinping, he's done it. And now he doesn't even have to do it. We do it for him. The United States put Miles Guo in jail. He's an anti-CCP dissident. And we put him in jail. You know, uh, you have Biden who does the bidding of other countries because he's being paid off to do so. Ten million dollars. Well, People are coming at me. Where's the proof of that? It's in an FBI document, an FD-1023. People don't know what that means. That's when a confidential human source that has already been deemed credible fills out this information. The FBI already knows it's a credible person, so they have him fill out this form. If I called the FBI and said, so-and-so, Joe Schmo on the, on the street is committing embezzlement or extortion or selling drugs, they don't know who I am. They have to go and investigate and make sure that my claims are credible. But if I'm somebody who has repeatedly come to the FBI as a confidential human source that they know they can trust. I fill out this document. They take it more seriously. This is an FD-1023 document that that existed within the FBI that we wouldn't know about had it not been for a brave whistleblower testifying about this, telling the House Oversight Committee about this and the Weaponization Committee about this. This document alleges that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden were paid $5 million each by the owner of the energy company, Burisma, mm-hmm. that was the same company that put... Hunter Biden on their board with zero experience in the energy industry, in the energy sector, let alone not now. Now, take this. Remember when Joe Biden came out on the on the uh, stage and we have that tape? I told you, if you don't fire the prosecutor, you're not getting a billion dollars. Remember that quid pro Joe? Right. If you look at that video, the person on the left hand portion of the screen, OK, is, is the guy by the name 
of Michael Carpenter. Now, Michael Carpenter, if you look that name up, you'll find out that it's the same Michael Carpenter. And Biden even says in that speech, yeah, Ukraine was Michael's territory. Mike's territory, right? Michael Carpenter was the senior director. Guess where? The Penn Biden Center. Wow. Where documents, where classified documents were found in an office that had to do with Ukraine. So a guy who dealt with Ukraine in the Obama administration was the senior director at the Penn Biden Center where Biden's classified document scandal started. And he's sitting there on stage bragging about firing a prosecutor, which is why the bribe came in in the first place. The only reason we have a Trump indictment to talk about right now is because what the real story that dropped yesterday was the fact that we have the most significant and egregious political bribery scandal that has ever taken place in the history of our country it happened under the Obama administration. And what good does it do anybody to bribe a vice president? He's a vice president. He doesn't make policy decisions, but the vice president can certainly influence the president to make policy decisions. Could maybe cut the president in to make those policy decisions. And that's why they're doing it, because Obama is guilty. Obama is dirty. His fingerprints are all over this. That's why they pushed collusion. He knew all about it. Peter Stroke told Lisa Page. POTUS wants to know everything we're doing in those FBI lovebird texts. And he was guilty and complicit in this Ukraine stuff as well. It is it is all, all roads lead back to Barack Obama. Everyone says they're covering for Biden. He's being covered. He's being covered for. But as an as as an associate of Barack Hussein Obama, that's why they're doing this. Yeah, I mean, just like you were talking about the Burisma thing where, you know, Biden's like, we're, we're going to cut a billion dollars. Uh, we're going to walk. I'm going to fly out of here in a few hours and you're not going to get it unless you like yeah. fire this guy. And they're like, he, he even said it. He says, well, who are you? You know? And he's like, well, I'm, we'll call, call Barack Obama. He'll tell you the same thing. Yeah. He said, oh, yeah, look, you're not the president. You can't so I'm that. speaking for him. So there you go. He's, he goes, you're not the, they, they said that he goes, yeah, he goes, you're not the president. You can't do that. Uh, well, but we'll call him. So right there, he's telling us on the stage right there that Obama was on board. Right. Firing Victor Shokin, the prosecutor that was, what was the prosecutor looking into drug crimes in Ukraine? What was he looking into jaywalking? People ripped the mattress tags off? No. Actually. He was looking into Burisma. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but Donald Trump, he took classified documents and brought them to Mar-a-Lago, which he very well may have had the authority to do, and they want to put him in jail. So when we topple governments in other countries for doing this, oh, well, we have to topple that. We have to change that regime because he's jailing political. We're now doing that. We're literally doing that now. Is another country going to come over here and liberate us? Because we think we need some help. We, we might. Uh, yeah, we're turning to a banana republic as of today, unfortunately, because, uh, you know, that indictment is, uh, is not a good thing. Now, here in Florida, we have, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis is also... Uh, you know, running for president. So I don't think he's going to give uh, Trump any help. And of course, you know, he's got the Bush family who don't like Trump either. Right. Uh, that is uh, that is supporting him. So he's, you kind of like mentioned the Uniparty. Uh, and I, I think we're, we're seeing that right now. The Uniparty is, uh, you know, going against uh, Donald Trump right now. So we have the the rhinos and we have, you know, the deep blue guys, uh, you know, conspire together. So if either one of those two guys win, it's basically a win-win for the the, the deep state. Uh, so who who are we going to have on the uh, you know the other side? Are we going to have uh, you know Kennedy? Uh, is he going to get? Uh, is he pushing? Because they're trying to shut him down, just like they're trying to shut down Trump. Hello, this is Michael Jaco. If you want to learn more on how to unleash your own intuition, go to michaelkjaco.com, unleashingintuition.com where you can find my courses on how to become the master of your own reality. They're trying to shut down Kennedy. Um, and I don't think, I, I personally don't think Kennedy's electable uh, for a couple of, I mean, as a Democrat, I, I don't want to hold it against him, but he's hard to listen to. I mean, he's hard to listen to. He's got that vocal, it's called the uh, vocal spasmodia or something. I figure what the total thing, but he has a, a vocal condition. He's hard to listen to. And, and, and honestly, like, you know, I, I don't want to say it to be mean, but like Chris Christie's not electable either because he's, he's gigantic. And that's just like, it's not a good image, right? That's why we call him sloppy Chris Christie because he's a sloppy person. But we look at, when you look at DeSantis, yeah, I mean, I, I used to love, I still think he's one of the most effective governors I've ever seen as a governor. At this point, he is in bed with the wrong people. 
Yeah. 100% in bed with the 100%. wrong people. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to be pushing back against them. Now, in Florida, the only good thing that's happening in Florida with this indictment is that right now, the judge that is overseeing Trump's case is a judge by the name of Eileen Cannon. And Eileen Cannon was appointed by Donald Trump and was one of the judges that Donald Trump was using to uh, intervene in this case because she is uh, she stands strongly against overreach of the Department of Justice. Now, the liberals are going to go crazy over this and try and uh, force her to recuse herself. They're going to say it's a conflict of interest that she's overseeing a case of her, the, the guy who appointed her. Uh, I don't know if she's going to step aside, but you know what? I think fight fire with fire. Normally, if it was a fair process, I'd say, oh, wow, she appointed him. That's not a fair trial. Step aside. This isn't fair to begin with. That by any, if anything, her sitting there and overseeing this case is evening the playing field. And on a level playing field, we win anyway. Um, but the Uniparty, I don't think Kennedy is going to is going to be the Democrat nominee. I think it's going to be Biden. They've shut down the, the debates. But I do think what Kennedy does is interesting. I think what will eventually happen and what hopefully eventually happens is Kennedy grows so disgusted by the Democrat Party that even if he's polling at 10 percent, if he comes out and spites the Democrat Party by a running third party, right, this uh, no labels party that they were floating Manchin's name out there. I don't think it's going to be Manchin. I think he's still going to try and win the West Virginia Senate seat. But if they go with the no labels party and put Kennedy on there, he siphons vote away from Biden. Or if he doesn't run at all and endorses Trump, you know, then what we will see, because I think Trump's going to be the nominee. I don't think anybody's stopping him. I don't think these court cases are going anywhere. If he endorses Trump, you could see a lot of Democrat crossover, which changes the complexion of the election as well. Very, very amazing. Yeah. So you've got to get a good, good head on this. Uh, so we, we've had Arizona elections. Uh, it seems like they're trying to, uh, you know, push that uh, out there, trying to keep that alive. I think that, um, you know, we might see that get overturned, possibly. What, what are your thoughts on that? So the Arizona election trial, talking about Carrie Lake? Yeah, Carrie Lake. Yeah, so Carrie Lake is doing amazing work, and she's doing amazing work for a couple of reasons. A, a lot of people are looking at it saying, is she going to be able to prove that the 2022 gubernatorial election was illegitimate? And, and she might be able to prove that. What mechanism exists for her to be installed or overturn the election? I don't know if there's a mechanism to overturn the election. However, more important than overturning the 2022 election in Arizona is the legal precedent, because that's what this country's justice system runs on. That's what judges rely on to make their rulings and lawyers rely on to put forth their cases, right? Legal precedents in those cases, in those hearings, in those appeals that Carrie Lake is, is, is facilitating here, those precedents that are coming from this process that she's been involved in and engaged in, she's not stopping either, are, are might even be more important for other states to start to secure their elections because they can point back to the Carrie Lake case and go, well, this happened in Arizona and she proved A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. So we need to change the rules now. And and other legal you know, institutions or, or organizations like Judicial Watch or maybe it's something that Army Dillon wants to do or any of these lawyers that might want to go in there and try to litigate their ways uh, to change these election laws or to secure the election. That's the significance I see in the Carrie Lake case. If the election somehow gets overturned in Arizona, I don't think it's likely. Uh, but if it does, now I'm not saying that the election in Arizona was in any way, shape, or form legitimate affair. Definitely wasn't. Um, what mechanism exists to overturn it and, and 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 change the results? I don't know. We'll see where that plays out. I think what is more important because it has a far reaching over the next four years, you're going to Carrie Lake as governor. But what the 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 legal precedents that this will set, the ripples that it will set. Uh, as a result of her pushing these things through the courts, that's what I see uh, as something that could potentially be extremely significant and good for us moving forward when it comes to election integrity. Yeah. So living in your area, you, you would like to have that happen because there's uh, another gentleman that I have on that talks about the uh, the legal and the criminal aspect of what's going on there in uh, Arizona, uh, the funneling of drug trafficking, human trafficking, and so forth that's going in there. Uh, and a lot of that money is getting funneled right to Nashville, actually, mm -hmm. uh, to be basically steal elections there as well. So um, there's this big money exchange that's happening uh, with these uh, these criminal uh, political parties. You know, so uh, you know the Biden crime family uh, is pretty much their their whole family is a crime family. Yes. So the same thing with Pelosi crime family, the Clinton crime family, all these different crime families, uh, is, they're all being exposed. At what point do you think that has gets a little bit more traction? Because they're not 
they don't seem to be, be wanting to come after Joe Biden and his family at all. What's what's going on? What we need is a Department of Justice that is ready to take action on the on the letter of the law. Right. Mm-hmm. When we hear Democrats talk about nobody is above the law. Well, I, I beg to differ. Um, Joe Biden is clearly above the law. Yeah. Hunter Biden is clearly above the law. The party of gun control. Right. Let's talk about the party of gun control. Right? These are the people that say guns are bad. Nobody should have them. Hunter Biden lied on a background check form, yeah. lied about his use of drugs, which we know he was doing. OK, it's like, oh, did he actually use he, he's in videos smoking crack. OK, like we've seen it. OK, at the same time frame that he filled out the freaking form. Yes, we know he was doing drugs and crack. I don't care what anyone wants to say about it. If you're a libertarian on drugs is illegal. It is not, a, and it shouldn't be a legal drug, okay? It should not be a legal drug. Mm. I, it, it, it should, okay, so he used them. He used crack. He, he lied on an ATF background check form that said he wasn't using illegal drugs, and he wasn't addicted to illegal drugs, and therefore he should have the right to own a firearm, or he should be, or he should be permitted to own a firearm. Well, apparently, according to the law, it's either a $250,000 fine, 10 years in prison, or both, and they're not going to charge him. So Hunter Biden is above the law. Pelosi, insider trading. She's above the law. Martha Stewart isn't. Okay. Um, you know, the, the Clinton crime family with with regards to them and their body count. Well, they're clearly above the law. They're allowed to have people killed. Okay. Uh, the mob isn't, but they're allowed to have people killed. Yeah, they said, yeah, he killed himself. Oh, really? How? Well, he hung himself. Really? Why is he shot in the back of the head? What did he hang himself first or shoot himself first? How did this happen? Uh, the Seth Rich case, which I don't which we need to get to the bottom of, right? Botched robbery. Think about this. That 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 explanation to me, I was like, wait a sec, botched robbery. Okay, so they killed the guy in an attempt to rob the guy, and even though they killed him, they took nothing. They didn't take, they didn't take his keys. They didn't take his wallet. They didn't take his watch. They didn't take his debit card. They took nothing. You botched it that bad that not only did the guy wind up dead, but you forgot to actually rob him after he was dead. Are you kidding me? I I, I the explanations that they expect us to believe, but then there are people who go, oh wow, he died in a botched robbery. How sad. How badly do you have to botch a robbery when the guy you're trying to rob is killed and you rob nothing? I mean, at that point, you've killed him. Go for, <laughs> go big or go home at that point. And, and nobody held accountable for that one, right? So when they say that nobody is above the law, it's not true. The trans community seems to be very much above the law. Okay, in Nashville, we had these transurrections where they stormed the Capitol. I was told those are bad, but nobody was held accountable for that. You have lawmakers that were expelled but put right back in place. In Nashville, Tennessee, you had these things happening in Kentucky, Montana, Oklahoma, Idaho, all over the place. These the, in Texas, these people, satanic rituals in the Iowa, in the Idaho state capitol. I mean, folks, these are things that are happening. Nobody wants to talk about it, but they want to tell you that nobody's above the law. Even a former president, nobody's above the law. Well, Democrats seem to be above the law. So what we need is for the next Republican president, whoever it is, I believe it's going to be Donald Trump. To, to commit and make sure that what they do is follow through on cleaning out head to toe, top to bottom. I know there's going to be a lot of rank and file FBI agents, men and women who do the right thing. Reapply. The whole thing needs to be cleaned out from top to bottom if we're kind enough to let those institutions exist in the, in, in the first place. Right? We need to clean out these institutions. Department of Justice, no more Jeff Sessions, no more Bill Barr. I want somebody who's going to step into the Department of Justice ready to pers- to prosecute, not persecute, prosecute anybody who has broken the law on any side of the aisle to the fullest extent of the law. When it comes to election crimes, you prosecute election crimes. When it comes to money crimes, you prosecute those financial crimes. When it comes to violent crimes, you prosecute those violent crimes. No safe harbor for criminals. You got to clean this place up. You know, Rudy Giuliani cleaned up New York City by doing broken windows policing. Basically said, you break a window, you're getting locked up for it because the guy who winds up breaking the window and getting away with it is the guy who rapes the person down the corner the next day because that person is not being held accountable and they're just pushing the envelope, pushing the limit to see how far they can go. So we need a we need an impartial and a very strict Department of Justice, not to come down on law abiding citizens, but to come down on the law breakers, whether they're politicians, whether they're wealthy elites whether they're campaign donors or whether they're thugs on the street that shouldn't be doing what they're doing, they need to be prosecuted, held accountable, and this country needs to be cleaned up. And that's how we do it, by installing an impartial 
impartial Department of Justice. And the next president of the United States has to commit to doing that, not just on day one, minute one. After we're done swearing in, cut, cut the inauguration short. Guys, I got to go. I got to clean out the Department of Justice right now, okay? Fire everybody day one. I mean, you can't waste any time to let these roots spread. That's what's got to happen, and that's how we can start to hold these wrongdoers accountable. Absolutely. So in um, uh, Shasta County, they've basically done away with the Dominion voting machine. Uh, they voted it out. It's not going to be used anymore. Uh, more counties are starting to take that up. Uh, the CEO of Dominion even said that basically they're going they're going to be insolvent here pretty soon. So that that system will go away. Uh, is that going to like change the uh, the the you know the voting uh, irregularities have been seen over time? I don't think it will because what the Democrats can do is they can just take ballots, they can harvest ballots, feed any type of ballot into any type of machine, and it'll count it. Um, whether there's an algorithm, if it's an algorithm installed on a Dominion machine, it could be an algorithm installed installed on a bag of donuts machine too. It's you know, it's like you take an HP computer or you take a, a Dell, you can install the same program on both, right? You can write the same scripts on both machines, right? So with the key here, uh, you know, the the number one thing there's two philosophies that have taken place in this country. Number one. People keep going, how do people vote for Democrats? They don't, okay? People aren't voting for Democrats. What the Democrats are very good at because they know their ideas don't win. Their main philosophy, the biggest thing they crave is power. They want power and they want control. So how do we do that? How do we take power? Well, we win elections. How do we win elections? Well, we control them. How do we control the elections? Well, we don't need to worry about winning votes. They can literally, they, they, they've literally come out and embraced killing babies, right? They've embraced open racism. They've embraced um, disarming the populace. They've embraced censorship. They've embraced mutilating children, okay? Like they've embraced all of these things openly. They're not even hiding. They've embraced worshiping Satan. Like they've embraced all of this openly. And people are still, they're going, well, people are still voting for, no, they're not. What the Democrats are doing is they're, they're, they're not winning votes. Winning a vote is like selling a car, right? Selling a car means, you know, you're, you're sitting there, you're talking to someone, you want to sell them a product. You tell them why your product is better than somebody else's product. They choose you. You have won their vote or you have won their support. That's how it used to be. But now the Democrats don't have to win support. All they have to do is collect the ballot the ballot is different than the vote. People don't understand. A vote is a filled out ballot that has been cast and counted. A ballot is a vessel by means to cast a vote. So a Democrat does not have to win on ideas. They have to win purely on numbers. All they've got to do is collect enough means of casting votes instead of winning the support of the voters. And that's the way they've been doing this. So whether Dominion exists or not, unless we start to, to literally to collect more ballots than they do and play this game better than they do, start installing now our people in these places that can change electoral rules and then go to same-day voting, paper ballots, no machines. But this is going to be a 10, 15, possibly 20-year process. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. I always see people going, well, here's what we need. Same-day voting, paper ballots, ID in all 50 states, great ideas. I'm not disputing that, but it's going to take- You look at Arizona, it didn't work there. Right. Everybody was like, don't don't mail in your ballots because they're cheating. They're, they're stealing the ballots that we're seeing in the uh, the primaries. Uh, so the Trump-supported uh, people didn't win in the primaries but right. if there was a lot of mail-in ballots. So everybody's like, okay, go same day and vote. And then of course in Arizona, they knew that was coming. So they screwed those machines up in the very, in the, the heavily uh, Maricopa County where there's mostly Republicans. Yeah. And it's the, and it's the most populous County in the state. And you had what, 59% of the machines reporting issues or something like that. I mean, that's ridiculous. And they're going to tell me, oh, it's, it's just a coincidence that the day that all Republicans have openly talked about is the day that they traditionally vote because everyone wants to vote on election day. I'm set in my ways. I like voting on election day too. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's just what I do. That's the day I go to vote. I don't need to vote early. I'm going to vote on Tuesday, Election Day. Okay. Um, and that's what a lot of people did in Arizona, only to stand in line for 10 hours and not get to vote or get so turned off by the fact that the line wasn't moving that they didn't vote. And the, and the, the mentality was, well, I'm just one vote. It's not going to matter. But what hundreds of thousands of people get that mentality, go, ah, someone else will make up for my vote. 
Well, because they don't know that it's happening across the state, that it that, then then it is a problem. Mm-hmm. Then you have these issues that happen. You heard it in in, in the uh, court cases that some of the election you know uh, uh, workers weren't trained properly. So, so if you went to a place, cast a vote, it didn't go through. Uh, your ballot was discarded, but they didn't log you out of the system. So you went to another place. And if you if you were given a provisional ballot in another place and weren't logged out of the system in the first place, your provisional ballot was discarded too. So your vote was never counted. So you actually have people who tried to vote and were disenfranchised anyway. And that's what we saw in Arizona. And that election was a sham, total sham. Totally. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 a mess. The only way like uh, you have to be proactive, like you're saying, that we the people have to uh, stand up and get like you you were doing, uh, get active. Uh, that's the only way it's going to turn around. Right. But yeah, it is it is uh, very demoralizing. But uh, if you don't get active, then it absolutely will not uh, change. So you have to be active. You have to vote, and you have to get uh, you know support those people that are uh, going to change the system. Uh, that's the only way it uh, makes a difference. Yep. So uh, I know that. I know that you have, um, you talked about in your, your last show uh, with Alpha Warrior, where you, you had an issue with Trump, and I had the same issue about the vaccination. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I was never in a position where I ever thought about getting the COVID vaccine. And that's not me saying that anybody who did is stupid or they shouldn't have got it. Listen, here's my thing, right? You make your own decisions. That's me. Um, you're an adult. You're 18 or older. You make your own decisions. I'm not going to tell. I could give you my opinion on what you're doing, but my opinion doesn't have to dictate how you act. I'm not in charge of you. I'm not and I'm not asking for that power. That's not what I'm looking for. It's not what I want. It's not what I'm interested in. Um, the vaccine is something that was never, it never sat right with me. I looked at, first of all, I looked at COVID and I sat there the day we started the lockdowns back into my backyard, my friend. We were drinking and I was like, this is going to be a really interesting time. But they're actually, we're actually walking ourselves into a prison here. Like we're, 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 we're voluntarily locking ourselves down. We have people who are going, yeah, my business isn't essential. Are you stupid? Like I, you own a business. The business puts food on your table. How is that business not essential? I, what am I missing? It's only going to be two weeks. No, it was never only going to be two weeks. And we knew it from the day that it started. 15 days to slow the spread, which is why... I got shut down on a lot of occasions because I counted every day. I was, today is 967 of 15 days to slow the spread. Like I was doing that. You know, Instagram was telling you, you can't say that. Facebook, you can't do that. hate speech, whatever. The COVID vaccine, I always saw that the virus is, okay, it's hydroxychloroquine. It's a, it's a coronavirus. We've seen these things before. It's super contagious. Fine. The survival rate is 99.98%. If you're vulnerable, you don't want to go catch it. You want to stay home. No problem. But this one-size-fits-all approach, much like they try in education, was not the right way to go about it in society, whether it was mask mandates, lockdowns, or the vaccine. Trump comes out. He warp speeds the vaccine. He's taking pride. He's taking victory laps. I'm like, what are you doing, man? You don't know if this thing's going to work. And the Democrats are idiots because that would have been all they needed to take him out, and it would have appealed to Republicans, too. They could have said, hey, this guy's responsible for the vaccine. You shouldn't trust him. But what the Democrats did, because what did I say before, they crave powers. They use that vaccine mandate. They use that vaccine program and the, 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 the newfound acceptance of mandates to assume more control over the population, to purge the military, to purge the institutions, to fire people in law enforcement, fire department, first responders, et cetera, because they weren't vaccinated, to fire teachers, to keep kids out of school and to wreak havoc on the country to force this vaccination just to see how big their muscles actually were. Um, but Trump pushing the vaccine as aggressively as he did and and kind of still trying to take pride in, in, in the vaccine. It's not a good thing because the vaccine is proving to cause more problems than it fixes by far. Um, and so I don't like when he does that. And I didn't like when he did it. Uh, with that said, you know, Ronald Reagan has the 80-20 rule, right? If you can, if you can agree with somebody uh, 80% of the time and disagree with them 20% of the time, then the chances are they're, it's worth your support. Right. So I'm not in like a, a super cult. I don't have to sit there and, 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 and agree with somebody 100 percent of the time. As a matter of fact, if I ever see myself agreeing with somebody 100 percent of the time, I start to get worried. Like, is this person manipulating me or am I not reading something correctly? Doesn't mean I don't have a lot of similarities with everybody, but eventually we have our differences. Some people may be, you know, 100 percent on board with how conservative I am until they hear that I'm super pro-life. And they're like, well, I don't know. OK, you could have your differences there. Some people may be super conservative, but think that the climate hoax is somewhat real. And I go, well, I think you're wrong on that, but we can coexist. It's fine. You know, I still think I would do a good job if I was leading you or whatever, vice versa. The whole nine, the whole, the whole 
you know, the whole story with this, with Trump and the vaccine, and and, and I get accused of this all the time by the left. You're in a Trump cult, and you sound like Trump, and you're, you want to be the orange man. And I'm like, guys, I've criticized Trump when he deserves to be criticized, and I and I give him credit where he deserves to be given credit. And I happen to agree with him more, a, a lot more than I disagree with him, but that doesn't mean he doesn't make mistakes. That doesn't mean endorsing Dr. Oz was a good decision. That doesn't mean endorsing Kevin McCarthy is a good decision. You know, that doesn't mean some of his hiring decisions in the Department of Justice, Jeff Sessions, Bill Barr. That doesn't mean Rex Tillerson was a good idea. That doesn't mean Reince Priebus was a good idea. Some of these people were not good ideas. People make mistakes. Human beings aren't perfect, and it's okay to admit that. I think the vaccine was a mistake for Trump. I think aggressively pushing it was a mistake for Trump, and I'm not afraid to say it. I don't, I am not hearing you. I think it says you're muted, Mike. Thank you. All right. So it, it basically, uh, this is Dale Bigtree. He talks about the, uh, the cumulative number of deaths, uh, that's happening since people got vaccinated. So the vaccinated are dying in unbelievable numbers. Uh, they're having more cancers, uh, and, and on and on and on. So Trump, you can, you can kind of look at Trump and say, you know, why did you support something like that? But where are, I, I know in New York, people lined up bigly. Bigly. Bigly for the vaccination. Big, big. I know in a lot of Democrat um, states and cities, they lined up bigly. All right, so we're, unfortunately, we're at war. And w what we talked about earlier in the Revolutionary War, there was loyalists that were sided with the, the deep state pretty much, and then there were patriots. So uh, Trump has just recently come out and talked about how he's going to go after uh, the pharma companies. Uh, I think it was like yesterday or the day before yesterday. Yeah. Um, so he's starting to flee. He gave him a lot of rope pretty much to hang themselves. And now he's basically going to tighten that rope. Uh, so this is, I think, going to really snap back on these people. Uh, I knew from uh, insiders that they were going to spike it with this this basically very bad um, vaccine uh, that was really going to cause some harm for people. Uh, Trump tried to push very hard to, uh, you know, with the military to get out a vaccine that was not compromised. Yeah. And I know that from people in the back background told me that before it even started coming out. So uh, that's, that's very frustrating, but there it is. Uh, so um, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it right now. It, it is very fortunate. I don't want any American, anyone in the world really, to die from uh, the vaccination. But unfortunately, there was a lot of information out there. There was a lot of choices, like you were talking about, that people could have made. Otherwise, we were jumping up and down, hydroxychloroquine. Yep. Uh, I got shut down on a lot of channels because I was pushing that ivermectin. Yep. Uh, I was get, I was telling people, if they take in your loved one into the hospital, get sneak ivermectin into them. And some of those people, if they got them into those people in time, they turned around within hours. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, they basically got the tube down the throat and they died 99% of the time. That's still happening. Yeah. I, I just heard from somebody yesterday that they took somebody in the hospital and said, oh, they got COVID, they put the tube down the throat and they're dead. So mm -hmm. uh, it's still going on. Yeah, and ivermectin, uh, both ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, Paul Sperry actually was one of the first people I saw tweeting about this uh, about two or three days before the lockdowns. Actually, I think it was March 9th of 2020. Mm -hmm. He put a tweet out about South Korea and what they were doing to to treat COVID. And that was, by the way, very early. It's before 15 days to slow the spread. That was the, as they call it, the old normal, which would still be the normal. Um, and you talk about how chloroquine phosphate, hydroxychloroquine, which is the, the uh, safer form of that, uh, is a zinc ionophore. And might, much like most coronaviruses, this coronavirus could not replicate, could not reproduce and, and clone itself inside of human cells when there was zinc present. But zinc can't get into human cells. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm literally reading this was information that came from a Korean, South Korean study. Yeah. Right. So their thought process was, let's get as much zinc in, in as many cells as possible. This way, if the virus gets in there, it takes down the reproduction rate uh, and the the uh, the ability of this virus to clone itself and to to take over the human body. And then the human body can recognize it, develop antibodies and fight it off by itself. That's what hydroxychloroquine was doing. It was a zinc ionophore. Same as ivermectin. The science was there. It was there the whole time. 
They used this to fight MERS. They used it to fight SARS-1. They were using it to fight SARS-2. And then some lady decided she was going to drink fish tank cleaner because one of the words was similar, chloroquine. And then she gave it to her husband, killed him, blamed Trump. And then next thing you know, it was Trump killed people. This is a terrible thing, the Trump drug. And he's telling people to drink bleach. It was all a big, big, big charade. Hydroxychloroquine could have gotten us out of this very, very early, but they needed the pandemic to put in for uh, put put in place methods and and ways to influence the election. That's all it was about in 2020. Yeah, it's it's pretty much uh, eugenics, which is something that uh, the Democrat Party uh, pushes pretty hard. So they love it. Planned Parenthood. Margaret yeah. Sanger that she she's on record saying that was the original goal, the founding principles of Planned Parenthood. Hillary Clinton, Senator of New York, uh, and said that she was like a visionary. Uh, and so we're seeing the results of all of this. A lot of people are starting to see that, you know, this is, uh, we've been fooled. Uh, I think there's ways to overcome, you know, uh, the, the vaccination. Uh, you can make yourself healthy, but you have to know that that was a bad thing. And I still, be, I think most people don't even have a clue that, you know, they've uh, polluted themselves very uh, to the point where they're going to like you know either pass away from cancer or they're going to have uh, some some other underlining uh, factor that comes up and basically takes them down. Yeah, sad but true. And one of the guys I follow um, very closely, Dan Bongino, he took the vaccine. He was advised by many of his doctors to take the vaccine because he was dealing with cancer. And and he has done n a number of episodes of his podcast, and he has been very open. He says this is the single worst mistake, biggest regret that he has ever made. He's had heart problems ever since taking the vaccine. Um, he's working to get over it. He's obviously, he's a very healthy guy. He tries to be healthy. He's, he's works out a lot. You know, he's cancer free for now. And, uh, and he had Dr. Robert Malone on mm -hmm. earlier this year, one of the best interviews I'd ever heard with Dr. Malone. And, you know, he basically said the spike protein is a toxin. Okay. Like don't put that in your body. Meanwhile, that's where we're getting shot up with spike proteins. And you still see the ads on TV. Get vaccinated against the latest. Stop. You're, you're, you're literally telling people to inject themselves with a harmful substance. It's not safe and effective. Uh, you got these. You, look what happened to Jamie Foxx. I mean, the guy may not be on our side, but he's got so much talent. So much talent. And, and he's funny. I've seen him in several movies. He's, he's, you know, he's an actor. He's a performer. They made him get vaccinated. Now he's paralyzed. I mean, they just wrecked a guy's life. And he's not the only one. All these sudden collapses. You want to tell me, DeMar Hamlin, I, I have been watching football. I've been the season ticket holder, New York Jets. That's a thing, if you want to call that football. But I'm alive because of that team. My parents met because of the New York Jets. Um, you know, So they'll be the team that takes me out of this world, I'm sure, too, because they always break my heart. But I've been going to football games since I'm two years old. I am 32. I have a permanent rasp in my voice because at five years old, Rich Kotai was our head coach, and I was screaming about how much the team sucked, and I wound up developing something called vocal nodes, which actually helps me because now I can sound a lot, a lot more like the president. Rasp just so it helps. So I have vocal nodes. The Jets permanently scarred me. Point is, I've been going to games forever. I have not seen ever DeMar Hamlin, an incident like that, on an NFL field, and you want to tell me that it was this condition called commotio cordis? You want to tell me that that's what it was? So what, an issue that was commonly, that is most commonly caused by either a projectile or you get punched in the chest or a lacrosse ball to the chest or something focused and concentrated, a shoulder pad to a chest plate on a football uniform ain't going to do it. Now, that could have generated some sort of shock, but I, and we're never going to hear this. I will, till the day I die, say there was more to what we're being told with DeMar Hamlin and I'm happy the guy is apparently going to be playing football again. And I think he's, I think it's a death wish um, because if it is from the vaccine, it's going to happen to him again. But, you know, uh, if this can, if we start to see next year, several NFL players dropping on the field because, you know, in, under routine plays, by the way, I've seen hits. I've seen, I mean, the Jets quarterback last year against the Buffalo Bills almost got snack, snapped in half. By the linebacker, Milano, he and it was a beautiful form tackle, but he snapped him almost in half. Guy got back up and walked off the field. He had a broken rib, but he got, he got up and walked off the field. I mean, this guy, it was a routine play, and he, he actually died on the field. They revived him. I've never seen that happen in my life. But you know, there's nothing to see here. You're reading to a conspiracy theory. You want tinfoil. 
Okay, yeah, ship your tinfoil to one, two, three up your rear end street. That's where you can get it. I mean, like it's it's it it, it just blows my mind. People just won't make the connection. Absolutely, Sean, un- unbelievable man. You are like you're locked in, and and I love I love your your passion. Uh, you. you have yeah. So uh, here's your, here's your website. Uh, how else can people uh, uh, reach you? Capital Deplorable. 45. I love it. Yeah. So Captain Deplorable 45 is where I sell all my voice products. CaptainDeplorable45.com. Ringtones, voicemails, congratulations. Or if you want me to roast your liberal sister in law, brother in law, father in law, mother in law, <laughs> do a great job. I say, you know, I know you don't like me very much, but I love you more than anybody has ever loved a person before. You know, we do that over there. It's great. Custom audio messages, video messages, uh, instant downloads, ringtones, phone packages, all that stuff is cool over there. If you want my serious political discourse, things like that, rumble.com slash LFA TV. That's the channel. The show is called Ungoverned. It runs Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern to 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, and we're always there. The live chat is a blast. We put it on the screen all the time. Um, and it's a lot of fun. All right. Yeah, we'll put the uh, put the links in the uh, description box. Uh, I'll send you a copy of this video so you can put it up wherever you want to if you want to. But uh, yeah, this, this was phenomenal, man. You're you're rocking it. I hope Thank you go you. far, man. Hope you go far. And likewise, I hope to see you there. I mean, you got a pretty darn good channel yourself. Your show's awesome. And this was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right. Thanks a lot. And everybody that joined us, thanks a lot for joining us. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time, stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality. Thank you.